That's the sound of that's the sound of our pod just getting too hot. You know, the pod, pod too police. hot. Oh, take the pot off the burner. Oh, use your pod <laughs> handlers. Pod handlers back. Back. Boom. Welcome back, everybody, to the Most Awesome Brandana Sports Podcast, Episode 12. Coming at you as we always do. Oh, Most Awesome, I want you to hear this right now. I want you to hear this. You hear this? Oh! Oh! I am in... I haven't got to talk to you a lot this week. Uh, It's been kind of a busy week for both of us, but I am in a very celebratory mood. That's right. And... uh, Something kind of big went down. Something that, you know, it'd be kind of like uh, if being a parent became legalized, which it is, so I don't know if you have anything to compare it to, but it's right, like... Right. This is your uh, baby. Can, this is my baby right here. We can gamble, my friend. Legalized gambling. How is... So, I think that's pretty much sums up. My week was, was amazing. How was your week? <laughs> my week was pretty, pretty good. Like we were talking about, it was jam-packed with a lot of sports stuff. Obviously, the biggest thing coming at us was uh, uh, the gambling, the legalization of gambling, sports gambling. You know, we had uh, a ton of stuff in this week. Obviously, you got the conference finals going on. You got yep. the NBA uh, draft combine opening up, so we're kind of getting to uh-huh. see the next crop. Uh, you've got uh, Justify the Horse won at the second leg of the Triple Crown, which is you know on a gambling tip right there. So he just won. And then obviously you had the Royal Wedding, which was a big thing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, trumps it all. 100%, trumps it, yeah. Exactly right, exactly. So I know you were just kind of in front of the, uh, the TV all day yesterday. Riddle me, <laughs> riddle me this there, Brandana. Are you Team Megan or Team Kate now? Which one are you? Okay, so here's the thing. Why are we why are we trying to polarize this? Why does it got to be like one or the other? Like, am look, because we're what? a sports podcast and we got to have these answers. That's why right. <laughs> we got to come at it hot. Uh, I'm gonna give me uh, give me Team Markle. I'm gonna double down oh, on Team Markle. Ooh, okay, you're double down. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm yeah. actually secretly I'm Team Pippa, but you know I don't I don't I don't want to disrupt the feathers <laughs> sure. too much. So I'll yep. go I'll I'll go Team Kate. Just so we have some little little separation on that. Oh, this is gonna be a good episode. We're already coming out of the gates, not seeing eye to eye. It's always a, let's, we're gonna keep her cool through this. We're gonna keep her cool. Exactly. Guys, big episode twelve coming at you. Uh, we are going to hit rip from the headlines. Uh, we got top three MJ moments. We're gonna do a little inbox. We got a email from the Binger. We got an email from Doff. We're gonna do M A M A parenting tips. Uh, Porky Tales. I got that right, right, brother? Porky Tales. <laughs> no, not Porky Tales. Porky Piggin' it. <laughs> Porky Piggin' it. What a red. Why don't I write Porky Tales? All right. Uh, yeah, we, our, our pre-bro was uh, a little celebratory as well on my exactly. All right. Uh, Neapolitan <laughs> Showdown. <laughs> We're going to do top three gambling moments from film. Uh, gambling Corner. We're going to be tackling the NFC West and then do our MVP and our Tales from the Frat. Beautiful. Uh, all right, brother. Let's, uh, let's dive right into it. Why, why are we talking uh, right from the headlines? Uh, bring us a jam. Go, jam, Go! Why are we doing MJ this week? What's going on? So, um, amongst all the big news that we talked about 
and including the royal wedding, they dropped. They made a big announcement. The Netflix and ESPN are joining forces to drop a ten-hour documentary on Michael Jordan himself. So we wow. thought, what better way to then talk about the most you know memorable moments in our eyes of of, of MJ? Um, the, the most exciting thing is is that. It's the, the same guy who did the Fab Five doc and the Andre the Giant doc. And I know, Brandana, you really, really enjoyed that doc. Uh, Jason Hahir, he is getting access to over 500 hours from the 97-98 season. Never been seen before. And um, he's obviously he's, he's, he's really good at uh, the sports documentary. So it's really interesting to see what sort of insight that we're going to go. To what depths are they going to go to cover Michael Jordan in a span of 10 hours? Well, I mean, and how appropriate the time we dive in, and we did not plan this, right? Like the week that we dive into MJ is the week that like gambling, sports gambling becomes legal. Like, right, like, exactly, like this, yes. uh, this is a tight show. This is all lining up right in that lane. That's perfect. Exactly. Yes. He's got, <laughs> yes. For those of you who don't know, Michael Jordan, as well as being a famed basketball player, is also a famed uh, gambler on the golf course and cards and yeah, one A one B right. Sure, yeah, <laughs> famous basketball player and famous gambler. I put them right there next to each other. All right, uh, hit, hit me with your uh, hit me with your number three. What do you got? Here's here's what I got for my number three. Now, so for these these are for me just memorable moments that I remember as MJ as a kid. My number mm-hmm. three, um, the eyes closed free throw when he was taught when he was barking at Dikembe Mutombo, right? Mm. So. Challenging. This this became a famous thing that he towards the end of the game of a uh, 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 Bulls Hawks game that was handily in control. MJ was barking with Dikembe. Dikembe was barking back with him. Six one free throw. Then looks at him, closes his eyes, and just buries a free throw right at the last second of the game. <laughs> so that was like just to to show the quintessential like shit talker that Michael Jordan was. And and there are other. There's probably that's the most PG one to go yep. with, but. It's just an unbelievable, and as a young, most awesome. Then seeing that, then going out and just relentlessly practicing close, <laughs> close eyes, free throws, and just airballing or bricking. But it really is actually, you can actually do it. It's, it's very muscle memory, and obviously he's probably mm-hmm. shot tens of thousands of free throws. But to do it in a game, to do it at that level, and to make it, to back it up, it's just, it's just Michael Jordan. So on like your middle school basketball team, did you get in trouble for like trying to do like closed eyes free throws where they're just like just just sink it, just just shoot your shot? Right, right, right. Exactly. You yeah, you don't have you don't have the grace to do that. So no, I would just go out in the driveway and practice it just hours. I would also go out in the driveway and practice like end of game scenarios like all the time. You know, just yeah. passing my the ball to myself and then imagining that I was then the other person. I did that a lot. Count, counting down the clock out loud, like four, yeah. three, shaking them off. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I have um Counting backwards from 40, uh, playing against Steve Smith. Like, Steve Smith didn't really know what was going on, and he was, like, guarding Jordan, and I guess it was kind of, like, you know, it was amicable, like, kind of competition, which gets less amicable, like, the more we, we talk through these and dig deep. Sure. But it was, like, he didn't really know what was going on. He was guarding Jordan, and then, like, Jordan, like, sunk a jumper, and he was just, like, 38. <laughs> and then, like, 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 go back down the court, and then, like, you make another shot, and he was, like, 36, and eventually he's just, like, holy shit, like, Jordan's, like, doing this countdown of like points he's going to score from 40 and then he he made 40. Oh, that's yeah. See, the stories <laughs> like that are just unbelievable to like hear cuz you you you're in the highest echelon of that sport. You're basically the most proficient person like in any job that you you know, like you're the best in the world at that one job and to sit there and just to just 
in a game, just casually just call your shot and, and the, the mind games that goes in it. Because Steve Smith is kind of like, what's, what is it? What are you doing? Yeah. Like, what's going on? <laughs> what's, this is what's going on? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Usually we're talking about my mother or something else, but now you're just, you're just, you're just counting backwards by two. It's like weird things to like just keep yourself entertained, I guess. I, man, this gets a lot into like the number one thing I want to talk to you about, but we'll, we'll get there. Here's another one. What do you got? Um, so, so my, my number two that I had was after the, whether you want to call it uh, retirement, the first retirement, the, uh, the med, maybe alleged gambling suspension, who knows? Um, mm. His first oh, game back into that? against the Pacers for okay. me was something that was just just an unbelievable moment in in history just to see him come back you know wearing that 45 I and mean, it was just kind of an unbelievable unbelievable time yeah was it uh do you think i mean you heard a little bit about the rumors i know that uh bill simmons jumps into it a lot that it was like kind of a, a gambling suspension but to right. kind of save face for michael jordan you believe any of that kind of conspiracy theory stuff it's hard it's hard to um to actually pinpoint some real real hard truths to it to to kind of you know to kind of lend itself to it. The biggest thing is, is it just it just seems like very odd that a thirty year old, like I said, who is the best player in the world, would go and then decide that hey, I don't want to do this anymore, and then try his hand at baseball. So in and around yeah. that same time, his dad was was murdered right by two mm-hmm. by two thugs. So there is a little conspiracy theory that the mob actually had his dad murdered yeah. because he yeah. was notoriously a a late payer of his gambling debts although i don't know why that would then lend them to you know it seems kind of odd that they would then try and attack the 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 biggest superstar in the world you know with with the exception of maybe like michael jackson and a few others to to go after him that way to to get him to pay you know what i mean it would be the the biggest you know it'd be the biggest you, you know heat that they would put on themselves by actually going out there and physically extorting Michael Jordan you know what i mean he's yeah. got way more breadth and reach than he does you know yes so i guess stripping all that away like the big thing is i, I want to go back to the first thing you brought up in this point was uh what was he 30 years old yeah how old did you say he was 30 it just seems for a hyper competitive guy that was the best in the world like probably you know, probably hitting, uh, maybe just starting the the downslope of just like you know his uh, his prime, right. probably a little bit. Like if if not like right there, kind of on that apex point, to just walk away and try baseball. Like it kind of on paper, like I, I was kind of sold on it. It's just like yeah, like maybe, but it just especially maybe if he was great in baseball also, like maybe it'd be a little bit more believable. Like, or he just wants to be, you know, like a three-time champion in a couple of different sports. But the fact that I mean, he was just like decent to okay in baseball right. just makes it, makes it look kind of like a more bizarre decision. Right. I would argue that he was pretty good, not in a baseball standard, but in considering like somebody who basically hadn't touched a ball and a bat for however long to go in there and just yeah. to you know yeah. to play to play minor league baseball is pretty impressive, but yes, it 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 does run in stark contrast where you are like you said hyper competitive, you are at the apex of your athletic career, and then you yeah. decide to go and and turn it all away and go and try baseball where you could ultimately fail. You know what I mean? And yep. and, and tarnish that legacy. You know? Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, weird, weird stuff. Uh, okay, so anyway, my number two is I have um, playing the Jazz in 1987. Uh, he dunks on John Stockton. Somebody from the crowd shouts out, pick on someone your own size. The very, 
next possession. I haven't heard of this guy, but uh, he goes down the court and dunks on a 6'10 Mel Turkin. Okay. And then, like, jogging back, and you can see him do it. He turns to that guy that yelled at him in the crowd, and he was just like, is he big enough? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like, badass Jordan. Yeah, badass I Jordan. I love that. I, I love that, sir, because I was looking at something else, too. It reminded me. Um, do you remember Muggsy Bogues, who was famously, like, ridiculously short for an NBA player? He was, like, 5'3". Yeah. He had another uh, story where Muggsy Bogues, you know, obviously was quickness and had a little jumper. But uh, it was an end-of-game situation, and Michael was covering him and was just goading him and, like, backed off of him quite a bit and was like, fucking shoot it. Shoot it, you fucking midget. And was, like, just, like, cursing at him. (laughs) And he missed the wide-open shot. And Muggsy Bogues has said, like, his shot from that moment was never the same again. This is, like, (laughs) From MJ barking at you? Wow. Right. Um, And then, uh, so my, my number one moment it's really it's not something that most people remember and we talked about it a little bit in our pre-bro is um is michael jordan and just what a what a cheater he was in life <laughs> and i told you this yeah. story a little bit so so when when michael jordan was in college he went to U- university of north carolina um he went home for like thanksgiving break with his teammate buzz peterson and uh, this just goes to show, like, the competitive nature and, like, the desire to win of Michael Jordan. So while they're at home, him and Buzz Peterson and Buzz Peterson's mom are playing a game of cards. Buzz Peterson's mom goes up to go and use the restroom. Buzz steps away. And when Buzz comes back, he finds Michael Jordan basically cheating, trying to cheat his mother, Buzz's mother, out of whatever they're playing, like, for, you know, penny cards or whatever it is. And uh, it's just one of those amazing stories where we listen to it and we're like, oh, my God, kind of like we're talking about with the Muggsy Bogues and some of the other stuff. It's like, wow, what a what a interesting, like, character analysis of this guy who's hyper competitive. But then Chuck Klosterman, who wrote about this, basically said, like, yeah, it's a great story for Michael Jordan. But when you really, really look at it, if you replace Michael Jordan with just like, hey, I took somebody from my, like, psychology 101 class and I brought him <laughs> back home and he's trying to cheat my mother out of cards, you'd be like, that person's a lunatic. He's a <laughs> maniac. You yeah. know, so those, those are my those are my MJ moments. That's pretty good, brother. I think my last one might fall in line with that. I just uh, his branding. I think he was kind of the first big like global sports brand and uh it, it just kind of shows how powerful branding can be at that time like you know like i, I kind of get curious about what mj would be like in the world like would he be a twitter user would he kind of lose his mind sometimes just kind of tweet and give more of an insight basically like we didn't know mj was or at least i didn't know mj was an asshole until like you know like seven eight years ago or whenever he did like his retirement thing and all these stories right. come out because it's like I just remember the McDonald's commercials, the Gatorade commercials, him just right. kind of smiling, wiping the sweat off. It's just like, oh, him, like Larry Bird, like the kind of competition of McDonald's commercials. And right. It's just, like, uh, had, had no idea. And then sort of coming out, like he does his Hall of Fame speech or whatever, and it's just like, oh, okay. A little bit of prick. Yeah, exactly. Prick. Yeah. And that's one of those things. I think it's a little bit of a different era, too, where the media still propped up their superstars. I mean, not like they did in like the fifties where, you know, Mickey Mantle would be out all night, like whoring and drinking and they would, you know, wouldn't tell a tale of it, but they kept out of, I think like, I think he had like a illegitimate child with like his, like when he was married to Juanita. I think that's true. Yeah. I think he had like a, like a child out of wedlock or, or got caught cheating or something like that. And so the Chicago media like covered it up. It didn't come out until until much later, 
and uh yeah they still they've still protected him a ton i mean there's just you know i mean there's just tons of stories of his vindictiveness you know like so you know the 1992 dream team right which was Mm -hmm. this you know this hall Hall of fame collection of, of basketball players and isaiah thomas was left off the team unceremoniously and for John Stockton, right? So yep. the reason for that is is because when they were organizing the uh, the '92 Dream Team, Jordan said, "If Thomas is there, I'm not playing." The reason being for is during uh, Jordan's first All Star game, he Isaiah Thomas uh, tried to freeze out uh, Jordan because it's basically like you're, these rookies like. They get, you know, they can't step on the the heels of the, those guys that are have been there before them. They got to kind of earn their time in All Star games, and so Jordan took that little chip and just drove it all the way to '92, where it's like, all right, well, you're not going to be on this team now. I have the power, and it's just like one of those things where it's like unbelievable to think about. And there's tons of stories like that. There's tons yeah. of stories like that. Yeah, I just thought he was a guy that liked lemon lime Gatorade and Big Macs. Right, and it's got to be the shoes. Completely wrong. Got to be the shoes. Be like Mike. Be like Mike. Uh, great. Okay. Um, fantastic. Uh, anyway, he's a big gambler, so he is a friend of the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Holler at your I'm going to tweet. I'm going to tweet at him later on. Tweet at Jordan. Tweet at Jordan. Do we have Sinbad on yet? We do Why not. Why Sinbad? We do not. <laughs> Here's right. the thing: is so when you look at your tweets, you can yeah. see like the number of impressions. So that means the the number of views that people have looked at. And sure. I, and, and most awesome is is tweeted out or tweeted out or whatever you want to say it. Tweeted out. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a few of them, and unfortunately, our at Sinbad tweet was one of the lowest impression <laughs> one that we had. <laughs> no, so. don't quit, though. That's what makes it great. We don't quit. We go viral. Exactly. Uh, I don't get to get on the Sinbad thing. You can't be that busy. Okay, let's, uh, let's jump into the <laughs> inbox. We're going to hop first on, um, got one from the Doth, the original frenemy. Uh, G-Day, Mar- uh, it's a... Uh, the subject line is longer was not a challenge. She pokes at us for how long these podcast gets. Relax, relax. Just break it up into two segments. Do what you got to do. Uh, right. Exactly. Good day, uh, Marlboro Robbies. Happy Mother's Day to both of you. I mean, that was last week, obviously. Uh, since you are mother effers in your own ways. It's cute. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to – we'll comment afterward. Let's break this down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for the extended olive branch, but I've watched way too much Game of Thrones. Inviting me to the red wedding of the podcast. I do not fact check for you. I do it for the listeners. I'm like Snopes, Bropes, if you will. If I turn this into a job, it won't be as much fun. I violently decline. And you two need to get on the same page. If you decide a Neapolitan showdown, set your parameters. If you say best record in the NBA, I don't want to hear Shaq's rap album was number three, followed by Wills 100. Most awesome, I appreciate the baseball records. Tip of the cap to you, sir. Question. Who was your go-to duo for old school NBA jam? I went with Hornets, uh... Grandma Larry Johnson and Gil, wishing half of you the best, frenemy of the state. Okay, uh, let's start. All right, I, I'm going to come out and think I speak for most awesome. I'm chime in. Um, as far as your line on get on the same page for the Neapolitan showdown, uh, don't fucking worry about it. Yeah. It's our show. We got this. Yeah. What, we got you, this. You want your throat, sl- your throat slit again? Is that what it is? <laughs> what makes it exciting? We, what makes it as exciting is us finding out what the premise. Yeah, actually, that's. Am I a little? I'm doing a little. I'm pulling the curtain back. Exactly. She doesn't yes. need to know how we do it. Don't worry yeah. about it. Don't. Yeah. Just stay. Stay in your lane. If you wanted in to your accept lane, the Obuds map, then you then you could maybe have those insights. But you violently decline. So, kick rocks. Violently decline. Violently. Get on decline. down the street. 
But exactly. I mean, do let people know, take advantage of Mabby Hour, all yeah, that business. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Keep, keep writing emails. We love them. <laughs> Thank you. Sure, yeah. Okay, come to that. Uh, and the question is, who would you do for old school NBA Jam? Uh, his was uh, the Hornets. Right, Leonard yeah, Johnson with, with Grandmama and, and Kendall Gill. Now, if that memory serves, I think that that's the arcade version, not the like Nintendo version of it. I, I was trying to double-check on it, and I couldn't get definitive on that. Because I remember Larry Johnson being paired with Alonzo Mourning. But I think Kendall Gill was the the arcade one. I can't remember off the top. of I my think head. you're right though. I, I think on but like on Super Nintendo, could you not cycle through options of players? I, I remember like each team having like four players available, and there was a best combo on the team, which was the default one. But you could like sub out people. Yeah, I think I think you might be right. I didn't. I don't remember that one. It's been so NBA Jam. I I did play a fair bit of, but not. It was not a mainstay in my house. I liked I liked yeah. the more traditional like. The yeah. the authentic games like I liked it. Yeah. If I could play a season, I wanted to play a season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was gonna um, be honest. I, it's just not not uh, competitive enough for most awesome. That was my vibe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is... Too much like yeah. Too much. Too much. Yeah. You know, I do like the he's very on very, fire very much of a very much of a Dolph game. That level of competition. Oh, like oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> exactly. Lots of and one bitches <laughs> in there. But if I uh, who, was to go with got? one, yeah. if I was to go with one, it's really hard to tell. I did like. And I don't think that this was in the arcade version, but Sean Kemp and Detlef Shrimp, I liked those two because they were both bigger guys. They could both, uh, well, Shrimp could shoot and they could defend and they were both quick enough. And obviously Kemp is dunking on everyone. Same mm-hmm. thing with like uh, Dominique Wilkins and Stacey Augman because I like them because mm. they could, both could play defense at the rim. Mm. What about I you? I went with the, uh, I had the Admiral and Sean Elliott. That was Ooh, my. Really? Okay. I kind of had this, yeah, this brief, you know, not really a, didn't watch a lot of NBA, not really a San Antonio Spurs fan, but I, I was, I responded to David Robinson. I liked him a lot. I liked the Admiral. Yes. It's so funny too, the Admiral, because the, the, the reason why Jim, Jim or, or anonymous tan laundry, um, why I have him saved in my phone as warrior is because we got into a drunken argument one night that he basically talked about David Robinson, basically that he wasn't tough enough and he's just not a warrior. And I was like, of all the NBA players to choose from, <laughs> he's the one that's actually like served in the military. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like the closest a, to a him. literal warrior. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. So that's oh, a good one. That was a good one. Uh, uh, and don't sleep on, on Barkley and, and Thunder Dan Marley too, by the way. Yep, yep, that's the number. Uh, I was going to read you off the top five that I just pulled from some bullshit website. Uh, they have uh, number five is Golden State Warriors with Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen. Uh, number four was my pick, Dave Robson, Sean Elliott. Three is the Rockets with uh, Olajuwon and Kenny Smith. Two is the Suns, Barkley and Dan, as you said. And then at the top spot, uh, Karl Malone and John Stockton. Really? Oh, interesting. That seems weird to you? You don't agree? I, I don't get, like, was Jordan wasn't on this game, right? Yeah, because Jordan actually owned his his likeness rights, so you could not you could not use if the the whole thing about any NBA game um, during that era, you could not find a game with Jordan in it because yeah. he owned his rights unless he had a stake. So you talked about like the branding and the imaging. He was the yeah. first one to really catch on and yeah. say, "You can't like I own this. You can't just go out there and you know use my likeness without me getting a piece." Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, smart. But I think you did have that good. I remember the Bill Clinton code. I play with old, old slick Willie sometimes. Get Bill Clinton in that game. <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut. Deep cut. All right. Uh, second email from Binger. 
Brandana, what's the over-under for number of states that will legalize gambling by the end of 2019? And would a state somehow legalize marijuana and not legalize gambling from the binger? Okay, so, uh, so two questions. Here's kind of my take on... So right now we have... Nevada has legalized sportsbook gambling. Uh, mm-hmm. There is online sportsbook gambling that is handled by offshore accounts. That's not necessarily legal. It's just kind of that middle ground. We have uh, four states that have recently passed legislation since the Supreme Court ruling, uh, being Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and Mississippi, that uh, allows gambling. And then we have 12 states that have introduced bills that are still waiting for them to be kind of make it through. Uh, two of those states being most of our listeners, New York and California. Boom. Here's my end of 2019. I, so I was trying to read stuff and just trying to do my own take on how, like what's going to be the kind of cause and effect on... There's two sides, right? There could be the let's jump on this to get it legalized. Let's start getting that tax revenue money. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is doing it. Let's not fall behind. But there's also like maybe we hang back, see how these other states kind of fuck it up, and we can like fine tune what we're going to do off of kind of their bad beats. Uh, no right. pun intended. So I, I just got, I went down to what simply makes sense. I'm, I'm going with 24. And the reason I'm going with 24 is there are 24 states right now um, that have casinos that you can go gambling. It doesn't necessarily mean it has all the table games, but. I would say if there's any avenue that would be the easiest to go through besides like your state lottery system, it would be your casinos by just opening up a sports book. It makes sense. You can model off how Vegas does it. And so that seems like a very, could be pulled off in the next year and a half and by the end of 2019. So 24 is my over-under because I yeah. have a sports book opening up there. Yeah, I like that. I like that because that's the kind of same track that I was on because Michigan has casinos, um, you know, obviously Illinois, New York, West Virginia, um, those are all ones that are kind of primed and ready also as well. So it is one of those things where, and then I started to try to think about like, well, would an Indian casino, would that, would those, would that maybe change it? Cause would they get involved in that? I'm not really sure. Cause you've got States that I don't necessarily know that if they have, cause like the Indian casino in Michigan was there well before Detroit ever had casinos. So I don't know if it was okay or if it was just, well, it's an Indian reservation. It's an Indian casino. So. We'll just leave it on its own. Yeah, I can look that up too. Man, I wish I would have. That would have been a good quiz question for you on how many uh, states have casinos. Because I would have guessed, like just seeing 24 and I was just kind of reading it, not even thinking of that angle at the time. But I guess maybe I would have thought higher. It's, right. it's kind of weird, like less than half the states have casinos. See, um, I actually would have yeah. thought lower. I would have thought lower. I would have thought that there really? was very, yeah, I thought a lot more states were conservative, especially just given all the conservatism on a lot of the different kind of vices that are out there. You know what I mean? Like, and gambling yeah. is not the, the, the mainstream one you go to, you go to Atlantic city, you go to Vegas and, and those are the places where you go. But you know, here in Arlington, Texas, we're going to keep it, you know, on the straight. And yeah. Narrow. Yeah. It's kind of weird. There is different laws too. Cause I know the casinos, at least in Oklahoma, like I know Kansas got around kind of went roundabout by putting the, uh, like the riverboat casinos, right? Like keeping them yeah. in the water to kind of like be outside of that territory. And I know like I, I went to visit my brother in Oklahoma, like we went to a casino, but it was uh, it's like they try to take the chance aspect out of it, which is weird. So it's like the, the craps table is you basically sit around and you draw cards for like what your dice that you rolled are. Oh, really? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. Like you don't actually, there's no actual dice being thrown. Yeah, that's weird. That's see, that's one thing that was really kind of just weird because I was the same way where they do that and they have just these weird kind of you know obviously you've got you've got Vegas as your hallmark for what the gambling standard is and then when you go other places you look at it and you're like oh this is a weird twist or these are weird card games you know what I mean that yeah. I'm like I don't really understand and then 
And and like famously, like some of our friends worked down in the casinos down in California, whereas they actually played as the house, right? I mean, isn't that what what some of them were doing? Wasn't that what like Brother Torque was doing and 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 the Doff? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like as yeah, as a dealer, like you you're the house, yeah. Right, but I thought that they weren't like employees of the casino though. Like they were their own entity. Oh, Maybe like I, well, like. They're like independent contractors or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, Maybe like, I'm a, totally like as roundabout way. Oh, I'm not sure. That's an interesting take. Yeah, like I thought because I was kind of wondering about that too. Because it's even with like that Oklahoma, like has those casino, like those kind of uh, Indian reservation casinos. Like, does the state have a call on that, or are they kind of just it's its own kind of land and property? So are they overruled? Can they not even weigh in on if a casino can be here or not? Right, yeah, I don't think that they can. I think it really, because it is, if it's on an Indian reservation, it's just like, all right, they're their own kind of yeah, this is, sovereign. Yeah, this is yeah exactly. Um, and then to the other thing that Bing had said about the, the whole, like, does a state pass, you know, gambling before it passes weed or, or, or does it pass one or the vice versa? So Colorado, yeah. it, it, I don't see them on there. And I, I was doing a little reading on Colorado because obviously that's the most, you know, celebrated weed state that we have. Sure. So, like, the governor basically, so they have a, in their constitution, Title 18 makes it illegal, but then the governor, the governor of the state of Cal, uh, Colorado basically just said that it would be a vote to the people. So I, I could not see a state where marijuana is legalized, and a lot of these states that we talked about for gambling are states that are overlapped by, you know, legalized marijuana. So I really couldn't see something where somebody would legalize gambling but not have legal marijuana. I would, I would see it the other way around. Yep, I'm I'm on your side. Like I, I think by the end of 2019, like the number of states that have legalized gambling will outnumber the states that have legalized marijuana. Like that's more of a just kind of, uh, I don't know. Seems, I don't know. I, I think we're on the same page. Like it's just kind of a less, uh, maybe less taboo. I, I don't know. Like e- easier to go through. Like it's already kind of implemented. It's, it's like, yeah. right. And this, so. yeah, and the states with casinos, they're they're basically halfway there. So it's like, you know, exactly. Let's just exactly. take the governor off and let it let it run full bore because we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna print money and, and keep it keep it here. Yeah, I think it I think it goes online a lot, which is a big thing. Like those are already kind of those systems are set up with, you know, I, I think it kind of five dimes, uh, Bovada, both like kind of off uh, offshore betting, but it is you know it's it's there, and so all of a sudden you just you know you. Basically, you punch a stamp. It's just like, yeah, you can now bet online in the state. And then it's just the website's there. The infrastructure's there. It's just right to the races. Right. Okay. Uh, thanks for the emails. Uh, Doff hit us back about uh, most awesomeized question. Just if we're missing something about these casinos. I know you have some inside information on kind of how that shook out. Uh, Binger, thanks for the email about gambling. Uh, Beautiful. Uh, what do you think? You want some jams, bro? Please, sir. Can I have some jams? <laughs> MA parenting tips. We're talking. What are we talking again? We're talking potty training. What, what's your, That's right. what's your we're, awesome we're, title? We're talking Porky Tales. No, we're talking Porky Porky Tales. Porky 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 Pigging It is the mantra for this week. Porky Pigging It. Porky Pigging It. Porky Pigging It. So the. the, the kind of the big like milestone for a parent as well as a kid is that potty training moment. Cause there's, you've never experienced, I don't know if you have, I shouldn't say if you have or haven't Brandana, but changing a diaper is, 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 a, is the least fun thing of all parenting. 
right? Yeah, it is. So, that, that's the bottom bottom rung is changing the shitty diaper. That's yes. the worst. It sounds yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you okay. are low man on the totem pole if you're if you're on diaper <laughs> diaper changing duties. Wait, wait. How, how how does that work? Do you guys like do one? Uh, you and Doctor Miskamish, do you guys do like one for one? Is this like? Uh, you change shitty diapers on Tuesdays. You guys just like switch them <laughs> off like this one. So, like, right, how, no, there's no, how's that there's no formula to it. It's basically, okay. you know, kind of like, you know, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Like it's <laughs> sure. kind of that. Yeah. Like whoever smelt it, like, oh, you got to, you got to dive on that grenade. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it just kind of all, all shakes out. And here's the other thing that I really want to, I really want to throw out there. Cause there's a lot of, a lot of, I've been hearing a lot of it where guys like get really like grossed out by, by poopy diapers yeah. Get the fuck over it. Get over yeah, it, bros. Yeah. Like, yeah, come yeah. on. Like, it's gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. Suck it up. It doesn't smell that bad. Quit being a wuss and just go out and do it. It's just, it's, sure. you know, it's not about like, there's no bonding or anything like that that happens, but you just got to do it. You can't let a kid just run around in shitty diapers. You just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so buck up. Um, so, so potty training. So what we're going to talk about a little bit is just about some of the, the tips and tactics for potty training. If you have if you have kids on the precipice of potty training, or if you already had kids that that, are, that have gone through it, so uh, maybe you can kind of look at it for the next one that comes up. So um, a couple of things to think about: boys versus girls. Um, boys tend to really kind of get potty training a little bit later in life, so they say that kind of the age to really start looking is between two and three, and I would say boys kind of on that latter part they don't they don't quite develop you know, that, that, that sense, uh, as, as early as girls do, um, some websites will say even 18 months to, to three years, 18 months is, is pretty early. And if you're LeVar Ball, you'll say 10 months cause you're a psychopath. So, um, <laughs> yeah. um, so you really want to take a look at that. And, and here's a good rule of thumb is, is when your kid is going off and secretly dropping heat, not around you. So they go and they hide and they're, they're really pushing on a poop. That's when they start to realize that they know a poop is coming. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of a good, uh, a good hallmark that hey they might be close to potty training because they they know that sense of they can sense uh, it yeah yeah poop's coming so now I'm gonna go off and hide and, and and drop a bomb so here's where the porky pigging comes in it I'm a big fan of a three day full on immersion you might have to take a day off of work might do Friday Saturday Sunday but no diapers no no exception no no potty training diapers here or there just cut them off. Take them off and just put them in a shirt, and you might have to deal with a little pee-pee and poo-poo on the uh, carpet, but you know what? You'll be better for it in the long run. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. uh, so we're we're referencing what Porky Pig wears. Is that yes. correct? Does yes, yes. Just, yeah. Right? Hey, just <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Good one. Good one. So, so, yeah, so... And, that, and seems, the, that seems most awesome. It's like it's a little trial by fire, right? It's just like, let's get... You gotta do it, This is the man. weekend. Let's do yeah. it. Let's get Pull. it on. Pull the Band-Aid off. And so you do, and it's very centered around, obviously positivity is a huge factor in all of this. So if they do have an accident, they do pee the bed, they do pee on the carpet, like, it's no big deal, man. Just brush it off. It's just a little poop. It's just a little pee. Right. Like, you'll be okay. You tell them the story about the time you pissed on some stairs. It's just like, we all do it. Exactly. Exactly. Family tradition. We're good. (laughs) Right. Exactly. The (laughs) other thing is, is um, you have to kind of frequently go to the potty, right? So they get the sense of... You know, when it's time to go pee or poop and they get those sensations and there's a lot of, you know, some people do like rewards or like reward stars or, or stickers or candy. Like I have heard stories of kids going and like just squeezing out like a drop of urine and being like, you know, marshmallow, please. And mm-hmm. they're, they're playing the game. They're not really it's not the spirit of the, the rule. Right. 
So yep. I, I'm just I'm not a big fan of like just the reward base. Like we give you something if you do X, because mm-hmm. life isn't always that way. Sometimes you just have to do things that you have to do. What's up? So in your projection, when does I mean, is it, do you ever punish for, you know, like having an accident in your pants or whatever? Or is it like, when's that line kind of stop where it's just like. No, yeah, you would never, you'd never reprimand for it. Well, the only thing that you would have the conversation is, is especially if they're older, like, like with our girls, like we tell them, like, you need to listen to your body. Like your body will tell you when you have to go pee. And like, and, and, and right now we're actually like struggling a little bit with like wiping after we go poop. So that's a big struggle. So like we talk about like, all right, like. Daddy's going to stand outside. You let me know. And then we're going to practice because, you know, if you don't do it, then you could get an infection or your, 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 your bum tush or what we call your butt, your bum tush gets sore, right? Cause you got a little, you know, you got some skid marks in your undies and it's just not yeah. good. So we'll, we'll practice how to do that. And just, it's really ritual based, right? It's just kind of like, like MJ's blind free throws. It's the same exactly thing. Like that. Exactly yeah. the same thing. So here's the thing. Perfect. And, uh, obviously you want to limit liquids around nap time and bedtime, and then here's the thing that really sucks the most. Because after the three days, full immersion in, like I said, we're going headfirst into this. Here's what really sucks for, for the parents, but it would be well worth it in the long run. For about a month, what you're going to do is you're going to get up in the middle of the night and wake that kid up. Okay, because we're not doing nighttime diapers. Like I said, no diapers. Diapers go bye-bye. No diapers. It's, it's we, did it. we did it. We're porky pigging it. No diapers anymore. No, They're, gone. No, They're never they're coming bye-bye. back. Exactly. So you get up, you get up in the middle of the night. Basically, you want to look at it in three, four-hour chunks, right? And if they have accidents, maybe you want to do it even more frequently, you know, every three-hour chunks. But really what you're doing, if the, let's say the kid goes to bed at 8, you're getting and waking them up at, say, like 11, 12-ish, taking them on the potty, see if they go potty, putting them back to bed. Um, then, unfortunately, at 2 in the morning, you're waking up, putting them on the potty. And then usually if they're at in bed by eight, they usually sleep until six. If you have late sleepers and obviously maybe you, you shoehorn another one around like five in the morning. So mm-hmm. it sucks. It sucks doing this. Yeah. Right. So what's the, yeah. So what's the, the end game is how long do you do that? So you're just getting them up obviously to avoid or teach them their body rhythm. And maybe just yeah. kind of like how wake it up in the middle of the night. Sometimes you have to do that. You go use the restroom. That's this normal thing. Right. So you, how long does that go down for? I'd like say the, I'd say about a hours. month, right? So we do, okay. we did it for with our eldest for about a month, and they say that that's pretty standard is about a month. So yeah. the first two weeks you're getting up twice a night, and then once you start to get a pattern of like that second time waking up, if they haven't gone pee or they or it's very minute amount of, of pee or poop mm-hmm. or anything like that, then you just stagger it to just one time, and then so you you take it a little bit further. You know, if they go to bed at eight, now you're doing it just maybe at like one and just doing once a night for another two, three weeks or so. Yeah, is the, is the eventual goal that they just get up on their own in the middle of the night and use the restroom? Or? Yeah, yeah, okay. and that, that, that's the end. I mean, our, my daughter does it all the time, and she, most of the night she'll sleep through the whole night. Like I said, it's making sure that they're not drinking like a ton of, you know, milk or water, or if you give your kid juice, like you're you're not giving them a lot of that before they go to bed. You know, yeah. basically at dinner time, right, is the last time that they have it. You, we always go potty before bed. And then so basically they're they're pretty much empty. But if they do have to go, they'll wake up at the middle of the night. They'll take care of it. And um, trust me, in the long run, it's a, it's a you know, it's it's a month and three days of, of misery. But in the long run, after porky pigging it, your kids, you don't have to worry about going on car rides or diapers. And now this is 
there are obviously exceptions to the rules. I'm sure there's a bunch of bedwetters that are out there that would call me back. And yes, some people's bladders are smaller and there's a lot of, you know, there's other stuff that goes along. And this is kind of a, these are the general rules, right? If you have something that you can't get past that, or you, they can't, they can't handle it. They keep having accidents. Maybe you might want to take a look at what's in it uh, or, or, or what's, what's the pattern that's developing that's causing the accidents and maybe you might have to do couple, you know, every couple hours a night, so their their body gets trained, they learn the sensation, and they can do it themselves. That's great, man. I want to ask you this. I, I know we're up against it, and we'll hop onto the showdown real fast. But yeah. there's sometimes you come with rules. Is is there like a go to source when you were first becoming a father, where like you kind of read just like I don't, I don't know one of the book writers out there, or something where you're just like where you come up with these? Is it trial and error? Do you take kind of like you know just a conglomerate of just information out there and you kind of boil it down to what you think makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, like we talked about with like our gamblers, right? Like having like a set of, like a set of codes for yourself that, yep. that makes sense for you. Yeah, definitely yep. with that. And I would, um, I'd say my, I can't remember the name of the parenting video that my wife looked at, um, that we we've used for some of the, the more questionable things that were like, I'm not really sure what's the right answer on that, mm. but there are tons of resources out there. Right. So I would go to, some of the more credible ones. I mean, obviously, if you have, you know, if you're a little, you know, if you believe in like, you know, Western, uh, you know, holistic medicine and stuff like that, maybe you might find these sources that are more trending to that. And that might vibe with you or I might find yeah. the more traditional measures like that. Um, there's a ton of stuff out there. I guess what really is most important is, is what settles with your values, makes sense to you use it um and then obviously these tips these are the the standard into which you parent your child so use this as your kind of flagpole for it and then everything else is by the wayside it was just a shameless little plug for me no i love it there you go uh mma parenting tips porky pig in it let's rip that bandit off figure it out like let's say you know we're gonna have to learn to use that toilet eventually let's just dig in let's figure it out for for those adults out there that are still using adult diapers you can you can use these too (laughs) it's never too late uh, <laughs> d- depends. You can be a sponsor of the MAB Sports Ooh, Podcast. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can. So if you want to hit the inbox up for us, uh, if you want to know a little parenting tip, you want to talk a little gambling, or just want to drop us a line, let us know that you're listening to Fan, you can hit us at MAB Sports Podcast at gmail.com. Right. Uh, I did say it at the top of the show, I'll fit it in now. Uh, yeah. Love you guys subscribing. Helps a lot. Our listens are increasing, so we appreciate you guys spreading the word out there. Yeah, uh, tell a friend. Sense, you see Sinbad, we'll buy you a top shelf drink. Ooh, top yeah. Top shelf. You get, what do you like, Sinbad? You get Sinbad. Are you a vodka you, guy? You like some great goose? Or what do you like, what's Sinbad? Your, what's your drink of choice, Sinbad? Uh, okay, should we... Let's jump right into this. I'm excited about this one. Neapolitan Showdown. Bring us the jam, most awesome. Let's get some jams. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. All right, this week we're doing Neapolitan Showdown. We are doing, and fits very much with what we're talking about this week with yes, sports sir. gambling being legalized. We're doing top three gambling moments from cinema. Uh, right. I will be keeping score as I always do. Right. Um, I believe. Let's be fair about it this time too. Okay, let's be fair. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about all it. Right. All Just right. relax. Relax. 
Uh, I believe you did get the W last week, so you'll That's be right. starting us off. Uh, I'm going, yeah, exactly. Winners take the ball out, so I'm taking the ball out on this one. So let's see. Uh, so, so here's here's the one that I, I looked at. So I, I I looked at scenes that were most impactful to to most awesome scenes that stuck with me in film, and my number three is from Goodfellas. And it's the scene where there's two scenes actually involving Spider, right? You're, spider, you're, Spider. Yeah. I, th- I thought I thought you said you were good Spider. Spider. I thought right. you said you, thought, were, thought good you said spider. were good Spider. No. <laughs> and so and then and so obviously then Tommy then shoots up and he's like, the Oklahoma kid yeah. shoots him, hits him in the foot. Everyone freaks out. You know, at first they're laughing, and it just shows this great scene of like all these guys like laughing at, which is just like just insane violence, right? Just mm-hmm. just crazy yeah. violence. And then it gets a little too serious because he shoots him in the foot, and he's just mm-hmm. busting balls. And then the next scene following back where they're playing cards, Spider comes back and tells Tommy to go fuck himself, and. Yeah. Robert De Niro's like, yeah, you tell him, you don't don't take yep. shit from anybody, and really yep. goading him on, and then it just shows just the level of just uh, just the, the the psychopath within Tommy's yep. character, and he just guns down this poor little kid who, in other in any other circumstances, he maybe thought like, oh, you know, it's interesting when when gangsters are like that bravado I like, but this bravado I don't, right? And and mm-hmm. you know you know this you showed you showed some stones, I think it's good, but this one. You, you told me to go fuck myself, so I'm not gonna. I'm gonna shoot you in the chest because I don't like yeah. that slight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It kind of shows like the that there is. That's what makes it dangerous, right? Is the fact there's no unreadable. Like sometimes that's a great take, and I always thought about that. The Sopranos, like Tony Soprano. You know, he uh, the storyline was he came up from robbing one of the. It's kind of funny we're talking about Moltisanti, or who's in both who plays Spider, yeah. and he's right. also like the the nephew. Uh, but it was just like yeah. T- t- is he a Christopher? Uh, yeah, so Tony Soprano talks about, and not bringing him there, but he talks about like them, like uh, how when Tony robbed the casino, like the mob guys game, and then someone else, like thinking they're smart, tries to do what Tony does. It's just a different time, is inconsistent rules. But yeah, right. that, that scene's that scene's great. Um, I'll give you. Wait, wait, wait. Are you gonna score it in comparison to yours, or just in total? Uh, well, we usually do. We just have them line up, right? Okay, yeah, all right. That's fine. Okay. Well, I mean, I'll score. Okay, so uh, so uh, that's fine. I'll score it real fast. We'll we'll try this new way. <laughs> this will be fine. So, I'll score it. Um so I'm going to I'm going to give it it has lore, it has legacy, uh one of the best okay. movies of all time. Uh, here's here's where you're not going to get like a full whatever bullshit point I assigned to it. Uh what what game were they playing? Oh, what game were they playing? I don't know. They were just playing yeah, like poker. exactly. Like no right. one knows. Yeah, no one knows what they're playing. So it's like it's kind of like a gambling movie. There was gambling involved, but like it's kind of not the focus of the scene. So yeah, I'm gonna give you, right, okay. But I, 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 know I, I, they were gambling. Okay, I, I'm gonna, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you. I'm giving you two points on that. Okay. Get two points for the Goodfellas. Uh, so I'll go the opposite. We'll keep in the Scorsese camp. We'll keep with. Do you know Al? Uh, Rob De Niro was offered the role of. Tommy also like he got a pick which which guy he wanted to play in Goodfellas. Oh really? No, I did not know that. Yeah, Rodner. Uh, oh, I'm bouncing over to Casino. I'm doing um, discovering the blackjack cheaters. Oh, in Casino. <laughs> it, like you have that kind of the fearful legacy of what we think the Wild West of Vegas was. Like pull you in a back room, like hit your hand with a hammer. Right. Uh, I'm gonna dock a little point because that hand looks so fucking fake. Like I don't know why Scorsese like they just didn't take a little time out and just or maybe like. 
pay a PA just to like hammer his actual <laughs> finger, right. like four hundred dollars right. to make it look a little bit more real. But uh, it was it's great because they do that. They do kind of that steady cam shot, right? When he the camera comes down and he's following that cord from where the like they're doing the Morse code thing yep. on yep. what the on shot is. They follow, yeah, and they they pull him back and like they rip up the cord and just like come together. It's it's classic like. This is what Vegas was at one point. Like right. Vegas, I think they even say like Vegas Justice or something like that. Like it's right. or cheat. They say Cheater's Justice, but yeah. So right. uh, yeah, you could have also gone with the one where the drunk cowboy of like the the county commissioner. I did. You know, I was I, I I did. Yeah, because I, I I love I love the quote of just like get him out of here and use his head to open the fucking door. Like I <laughs> right. I love I love that. Like yeah. that was. Oh no, no no! I guess that's a different cowboy. Oh, you're talking about the cowboy? Yeah. Sorry. So the cowboy no, that was. That's Joe Pesci's about. friend. Oh, okay. I thought you met the the gaming commission guy that was like kind of a racist, and his uh, the guy that used to host like Up All Night or the monster shows on USA is like the idiot that's running the actual slot machine that won like three times in a row. Oh, right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's uh, right. You're right. right. No, you're right. I am mixing those two up. That's right. Because yeah. his nephew, right. I was thinking of him as yeah. It was Tommy's buddy. You're right. You you're right on that. It was Tommy's buddy that was the cowboy that he used to open the, the his head out of the door. Yeah. But then I did exactly. I did forget about the the nephew. I I because they're both wearing cowboy hats and I in my mind I sure. just fused them as relatives. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you know that's how it is. <laughs> so right right. But then his his nephew was an idiot who basically let that machine hit three times. Which is another. <laughs> yeah. That's like you could have your that's your one A your one B and then your one C yeah. of like great gambling moments. It was good. It was like the totally unnecessary scene of just like, like Robert De Niro not wearing pants when he's in the office and he puts his pants on and he lets it. Uh, all right, um, I uh, that's a yeah, great let's not Scorsese turn, let's movie. Let's turn this into a casino podcast. Uh, okay, it's casino, and also I get to correct most awesome, which I rarely get to do. So that's a full <laughs> ten points. Oh man, to Brandana, right, okay. a all ten right. spot, a ten all spot. Right. All right, so I'm down eight in the hole. Oh man! Yeah. All right, I don't know if I got an eight if I got an eight spot in here, and I I don't want to obviously you know lead you down a pathway as you're just the the, the judge here, but yep. I am going to go with my number two movie, and I'm going to go mm-hmm. with Snatch. Okay, and what I'm going to go with is is how they yeah how they the Pikes turned around everything as they were supposed to throw the fight ends up hitting brick top with a shotgun and that scene how that all kind of comes to fruition and plays out is a great moment in cinema the film itself is a little disjointed and guy Ritchie got some shit for basically taking lock stock and two smoking barrels and just making like the part two version of it make it again yeah yeah but i really enjoyed all the performances lock stock and two smoking barrels was a gambling movie about cheating gamblers and this mm-hmm. one was the you know tommy and 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 turkish and the mm-hmm. Pikes, and then you had the the diamond, you know, theft and everything like that going on. There was great individual performances in that. Dennis Farina as Cousin Avi. I mean, those were, were were great performances. But that whole scene, how that played mm-hmm. out, is just awesome. Dude, that's 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 a really good one. I remember seeing that too. And there's like, so I always have this theory too. If you like, do you like Lockstock better or do you like Snatch better? And it's kind of which one you saw first. Like, and I saw, I actually saw Snatch before I saw Lockstock. Locks oh, really? but yeah. it, but it was kind of interesting because it was you know it was Brad Pitt doing kind of a quote unquote smaller movie, but it's also right. got like those Brad Pitt like Fight Club abs that we you know aspired to through college and then realized they're right. not fucking possible. Right, that's genetic. Uh, no, there, there was like that scene like Brad Pitt's uh, great performance. It's centered around gambling. It's they do like kind of those freeze frames. 
they do the loop back and you play through what's actually happening to figure out like kind of how he set up the entire thing. Like, yeah, uh, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a ten spot on that. Boom. Uh, it, like, it's it's centered around gambling. Uh, the performances are great. It's uh, it's it's in the genre of what we're talking about. It's it's yeah, a lot of fun. Do you remember that one team too when they have like the um, what's like the the dog chasing the rabbit or whatever? And they're kind of playing that music, and is that over like the fire starting? Do you remember that in uh, in Snatch? Yeah, like they, is it, they go yeah, out there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Not not vaguely, vaguely, I should say. Mm. The one thing that I do, we can yeah, we we can talk about that later. But the one thing that I I did like the the other scene that I really liked is what started it all when Turkish and Tommy went to the to the Pikey's camp, and mm. then they took the the guy that was going to fight in it, Gorgeous George. And they got there, yep. and then yep. that's when you see the power of Brad Pitt. And then yeah. when they pull away, and it's all of them, you see Tommy, or actually Turkish wasn't there. It was just Tommy. They're just going to buy a caravan. And Tommy was surrounded by all these pikeys as yep. they're arguing because they couldn't remember if they ki- they didn't know if if they kill if he killed Gorgeous George or not. And then yeah. pulling back on that scene is such an awesome. Like you feel you're like oh my god. Like I would feel, and his face is yeah. just like it's so great. Oh my god. And Tommy the tit. If he's yeah. not praying, he fucking should be. Right. Like, yeah, right, like, right. he's going to dig two graves. Yeah. Gracing, gracing. That's, that's an impression number three over four. Oh, there we go. Impression still hot. Still hot. Got one at you. Uh, I, might have another, I might have an impression for you later on. But, ooh, uh, I don't want to tip my ooh, hand. Ooh, look at a little tease in it. We're doing new things. Hey, Up we're, against we're, it. We're, we're doing a little teasing. Exactly. It's a tease. We'll, it's a tease. When we come back from the break, we'll hit you with the tease. Right after we'll we hit you with the. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I have, I have hard eight. That okay. is. That is a P.T. Anderson movie. Uh, for you podcast fans that don't know, I'm a huge P.T. Anderson fan. Uh, really liked his his early work. Uh, this is his, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's his first. And it's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, playing a malted asshole. So basically it's, um, it's not, oh, shit, I gotta look up his name. I think it's Philip Baker Hall, right? Which one's The Breakfast Club? Michael, Michael Hall? Oh, Michael Anthony Hall. Wait. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, so it's Philip Philip Baker Hall. Uh, Philip Baker plays, Hall. That's the he's the one in Magnolia, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes, same, yes, same. Yes, that's so, Philip uh, Baker Hall. Yeah, so he's kind of the main thing. Uh, John C. Riley's in it. Uh, basically, brings John C. Riley to a casino, show him like kind of the ropes of just kind of getting comp shit. But the movie's called uh, Hard Eight, and it's basically uh, Philip Baker Hall walks up to a craps table, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is like playing like just playing craps and he's like calls him like an old timer like makes fun of him and then he just pulls out philip baker hall pulls out uh two grand and throws it on hard eight and so now like this trash talking philip seymour hoffman all of a sudden is like really nervous because this guy's you know gambling all this money on his roll of the dice and it's just it's this great like character swing it's just shot back and forth it's what it feels like being at like a table and it's this swing from this really cocky like kind of asshole that now feels like kind of pressure that wants the dice to hit for like this old timer that you know bet on his role it's like i don't know I love sure it. it's hardy should you take points off for not many people seeing the movie i, I feel like you should i feel like you should take eight points mm-hmm. off i say like do i get bonus points for it being kind of like a like a deep cut like helping people discover it mm-hmm. All right, i'm gonna keep it really simple the movie's called hard eight so i'm gonna give myself plus four twice uh one for each dice <laughs> that adds right. up to eight he actually, that he is didn't it. Hit, that is it. Okay. The, 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 scene, the scene ends. He doesn't actually hit the hard eight. He hits the easy eight because he eights his point. So I'm going to give, my, I'm going to give myself a, a plus six and a plus two, uh, which will keep it the same. So we're uh, 12 to 18 going into the okay. final movie. What do you got? All right. So I'm down six. I'm down six. 
And this this is a down six. Well, it's, let's be honest. Like this is a little bit of my game. Like if we did like best parenting movies of all time. Like I mean, I'm, I'm sure kinda, you're stepping on my home turf a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Oh, bit. for sure, for sure. Yes. Yeah. So if if we bit. did like, hey, what's your best potty training scenes of all movies? Like of all yeah, movies. This is, yeah. this this would be this would be my 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 game to win or my game to lose, I should say. But yep. I've got I've got a sixer plus sum on this, and I'm gonna go with rounders. And I'm gonna go in particular the scene where Teddy KJB. Oh, uh, where he beats Teddy KGB. Is that yours as well? Is that your number one? It's, it's not. Mine's rounders also, but this is going to be close. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where he baits Teddy KGB into it, and he learns his tell by the... And I don't know. Oreos. Do you know if it's an Oreo or if it's a Hydrox? I don't know. I, I think I feel like Teddy KGB would be more of a Hydrox guy than an Oreo guy. I'm not sure. That's actually know. a great... That's a great point. I do think Teddy, Teddy is more of a Hydrox guy. Right. But okay. then you've got, you're like, pay that man his money. He beats me. Mm-hmm. He beats me. Mm-hmm. That is a great... Straight up. A, straight up. Pay him. And he's like, it's a fucking joke anyways. I'm paying him with his own money. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. great. And he's like goading him. Like Teddy, he's like... From, from the last time, because I'm still up. He's like, yeah. And then Matt Damon's yeah. like, what? I'm still up from the last time Come I stick, stick it, it in, in you. you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. <laughs> Wait, so People that's, can't so, see it. But I'm doing the whole motion, and those who know it know the motion. So, so my 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 last one's rounders too, and you definitely walked into my home court here because I'm gonna yeah, like, I did. This is tough. Uh, yeah. So you like that scene, or you like when he decides to deal him and then go for all of it because he does want his money back, right? And he's half he's halfway to paying his professor back, and he can right. just quit, but he decides to play again, and then he fucks up, and then he sees Teddy's tell, and right. then he just starts. Chick, 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 chick. On that yeah. log, he tricked me. He tricked me, right, exactly. All day long, I'll splash the pot. Right, but he's like, like the I fuck walk, I, I want. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's my thing. Uh, it, so I do have rounders. Rounders is my number okay. one. And I was trying to fit. I don't particularly like the, the card hands because his first lost the card hand is something. That's just a hand you can't get away from. Like that bad beat is just kind of what happens. Like he didn't play wrong. Like right. he played exactly how we should have played, and then he just went against pocket aces. Uh, okay, so here's what I want to talk about rounders, and maybe this isn't a good thing. Maybe it's um, so he stays up for uh, four days straight. Right. And let, let me walk you. Let me walk you through this. If you remember rounders as well as I know rounders very well, but I want to talk you through this, and let me just say if you've ever like realized this. So he basically um, he takes so Worm played by Edward Norton is hiding out. Right. He takes Worm to Grandma to figure out how they can pay off the debt. Right. And Grandma's like, if you want to do this, it's on you too. Because like, basically, uh, Mike, played by uh, Matt Damon, tries to call out Grandma. He's just like, hey, man, like, I didn't know you were playing with a partner, referencing KGB. And he's just right. like, okay, well, he's just like, then it's on you too. And then Mike is just like, fine, then it's on me too. So boom, right. now, we're, now we're off to the race. So he probably got up around 8 a.m. that morning. He used to work nights, but I'm going to say he got up around 8 a.m. We'll call this day one. Right. So he gets up at 8 a.m., finds Worm in the gymnasium. Then he goes to Grandma. It's on right. me, too. So now they got, you know, they have, uh, they have 48 hours to uh, get the money together. Right. Like, to get, get the money owed. So they go play in that golf game. Like, basically, Edward Norris is just like, we can cheat. We can do this real fast. And Matt's like, Mike. No, we're like, playing no, it straight. Yeah, playing it straight. Like, we're going to do it. So they go to the golf game. They go to, like, the dry cleaning game, like the Queens game. So they do all this. They stay up all night, and they, I think they end the next morning at the golf game. So this is, he's been up for two days now, right? right? So it's like the golf game, and they're just like, 
we got to go get a shave. And he's like, what I need is a nap. And they look at their bill and see how much they have because he folded right. at the golf game. So they go to, they get a shave. They bring up the game in Binghamton. Right. So he's just like, all right, take me to it. So Binghamton is the, that night. So they go, they drive to Binghamton. Uh, he's just like, Norton, I'm just going to play this straight. Norton goes bold. That's a hell of an elk. Like he comes right. back in, yeah. like he sits down to play. <laughs> they, get, they get busted. They're found out. Uh, they get their uh, asses kick. beat. Warm takes off. So now it's a three-hour drive from New York to Binghamton. So that's now, what I was gonna say. So you're six. That's six hours just in drive. That's a, that's in windshield. In drive time, time alone. In drive time alone. And right. so that, that game that game was late at night. So he drives back, and it's the next morning. He goes see grandma. So he's been up for three days straight now. Right. He goes back and sees grandma, and grandma's just like, you know, you got 24 hours. He's gonna feel like a sweetest massage. Like says right. that line. So he goes to uh, he goes to see Kanish, played by John Turturro, right. and asks him borrow money, and John Turturro's like, that'd be throwing it away. He tells his Johnny Chan story. Then he goes to see his professor, borrows the money, goes to see Teddy KGB, the senior talking about, stays yeah. up all night, wins back when he needs to, halfway paying back the professor the loan he had, stays up all night playing poker, four days in a row, wins it, and he's like technically, walks out, pays back the, what he owes the professor, gives it to uh, Gretchen Bull, worst girlfriend in any fucking movie ever. Like, yes. Uh, like a very uninspired writer. Yeah. Uh, so and then, then he just like takes a cab to the airport to go play in Vegas. He's been up for four days straight. Boom! Cool. Just for that alone, I'm going to give myself 400 points for oh breaking God. that down. Wait, wait that's a you, really you, that's a really good argument? breakdown. When was the last time you ever stayed up for four days straight for anything? And and here's the thing: is is are we are we without being delirious and like losing your mind. Like the only yeah. people that stay up four days straight are tweakers, like meth heads. Exactly. So how can you play a high level, high stakes card game and be up for four days straight? Now yeah, you're actually exactly. talking me out of, cause I, I don't think I actually did watching the movie. You kind of, you had the suspension of disbelief. Like you just kind of, you just let it go. You just assume it's all happening and, and, and it's fine. But yeah. isn't he, isn't he taking naps? Like how, how is he surviving? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's a huge plot. I didn't realize it until like last year, like I was watching it for whatever, like the millionth time. And I was just kind of watching it. just like, oh, and it's like, wait, like the big thing that got to me is like, okay, so Worm takes off. Right. And then like, who's driving back? And then I was like, oh, he has to drive back. He's been up for a while. And I was just like, I go back to the beginning of that day. I was just like, oh, he didn't, he didn't sleep that night. And they go back. To, I was like, he didn't sleep the night before. He's been up for like fucking <laughs> he's been right, for right. four days and never like even in his first move is good. Get in the cab and go to the airport. Right, right, exactly. Well, like maybe maybe if you're going to cab. Vegas to make it a run, like take a nap first and then get that cab. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, so that'd be your brand, that, If we were talking, that would be the gambling corner tip. Would be like take a nap if you're going to go on a four day run. Right, you got <laughs> you to pay up some violent gangsters. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so that's uh, four. Uh, I have four eighteen. I'm giving you zero because I basically. Took what you did and did better. Uh, that's four, <laughs> four eighteen to twelve. I won right. by four oh six. All right. Uh, I, I don't even think like uh, I think with all this gambling, you know, we're gonna we're gonna dive into the uh, NFC West. I, don't, I think we're up against it, bro. I think I think uh, we might we be talk, up against it too. I think we, we talked enough gambling, but can we still hear the jam? Give Let's us the jam, then take us out of the jam, and then we'll be back. And we're back. Ah. Still got to get the jam in there. Okay. Um, let's do the MVP of the week. Who do you got? Who do I have? Who I've got is uh, a senior named Ben Bender, 93-year-old, uh, playing the last round of golf of his, of his young life, and he hits a hole in one. 
So Ben Bender is my MVP. He said basically he thought that the Lord knew that this was his last round of golf and gave him a hole-in-one. So Ben Bender, you are my uh, my MVP of the week. However, you do live in Ohio, and if I find out that you're an Ohio State fan, I will take it back, you piece of shit. Whoa. Right. Whoa. Right. Nice, Look. nice. Border war. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to. I uh, had a big week in the cat skills, and I can't. I'm not sucking up. I just got to do it every, every time. But uh, just the, the crew for the little casino shot we shoot we did uh there were like 14 hour days bleeding into like 12 hour days bleeding into 12 hour days and sure it was uh everybody busting their bells and i feel i feel wrong not bringing it up so um i'll holler out at that team there's a lot of That's fun good. tales from the frat uh keep it on brand for this entire episode i think sure. you got one for us give us a little vegas story what do you got gotcha. most awesome so we were uh we were in vegas for for one of the the lady nomabbers out there her birthday and uh, it was everyone getting together. Dr. Mrs. Commission, I had actually just moved to North Carolina, so we had just come back to celebrate in uh, in true fashion. And uh, we were, I think it was one of the last nights we were out uh, all day at the pool, drinking, having a great old time. Then myself and uh, Mr. T. Boz, he and I decide to go while everyone's going back up to the rooms to get changed for for dinner and kind of get themselves together. We decide to go straight from the pool to a little casino bar, start drinking. Uh, our <laughs> when we were summoned to to find, when someone's come down to find us, we were there basically just like camped out in our bathing suits, like lounging out on like uh, leather chairs and drinking giant glasses of whiskey. Um, the night gets a little shaky for me because I, I did a little little quantum leaping, a little time sure. traveling. Because I, sure. I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. remember too much of it. But what <laughs> ended up happening is is um, I ended up getting basically dragged to our room. T. Boz basically disappeared, and we were also there celebrating his at the time girlfriend's birthday. She couldn't find him. She had no keys to her hotel room or anything to get get ready to get dressed. So they actually take her to our room. And I do remember that. And 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 Stacy and and my wife and and uh, uh, T Boss's former girlfriend were, were there. And uh, I was like, they had to keep me in the shower because I kept wanting to walk out like totally naked, like start getting <laughs> naked, and just be like, hey, what's my room? Like I do what I want. And yeah. so. Um, and and so here's the other thing for those nomabbers out there. So when I drink too much whiskey, I actually turn into a whole nother person. Uh, it's basically we call myself laoop, which is just Paul backwards. So that's 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 really <laughs> what I turn into. I, I really become crazy. Um, and not like a although I can get into like I've never really been in like a fight per se, but I can get a little like aggro-y. But a lot of times sure. I'm mostly like a lover when it comes to that. So T Boz disappears, gets totally lost. Um, they don't know if uh, he basically thinks he loses his girlfriend's uh, uh, driver's license and a whole bunch of shit. And long story short, I'm pretty sure when they ended up finding it, it was just like in his other swimsuit pocket, like the other <laughs> pocket where he had it. Not to mention that he was so drunk that they had to basically talk him like, you know, basically into where they were having, we were had dinner at the burger bar and basically had to, use landmarks to talk him where they need to go to get him there because he could not find his way there. So that's a little wow. little tale for the frat for you. A little tale from the frat feeding on brand of this episode. Uh, this is the most awesome in Brandana sports podcast. Uh, came at you as we always do. 
please keep subscribing. Take up, take us up on the Mab Mabby Hour. Like, uh, get on yeah. there, and let friends know about it. Take them to a bar. Drinks on us. And we're also still doing that competition to jump on here and talk to us about the AFC West right. the over under wins, which we yeah. will be doing, and we'll have a guest for that segment. Yeah, come uh, at us. At, come at us at uh, on Twitter. At Mab yep. underscore sports, at Instagram, at Mab underscore sports as well. We're on all platforms, social media, bro. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. We can't be contained. We can't be contained. Uh, yeah. Real fast, uh, so you got two days in Vegas. What do you do? How do we gamble? Hit me that with your sign off. Two days in Vegas. I- I'm going I'm going craps, or which okay. we'll, call, we'll call maps. And then yep. I'm, I'm hitting uh, Mab Jack, which is Blackjack. <laughs> Love it. That's the that's what uh, over. What's the, what's the most appropriate hours to spend in Vegas? I got like four, forty-eight probably. Forty-eight hours is enough Vegas time. And then, oh oh and then, oh oh the time. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 Seventy-two is you're you're you're, you're a little too much. Yeah, you're turning into a lifer at that point. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I am Brandana. That's my partner. Most awesome. Sign yourself off, brother. If you want my podcast and you think I'm sexy, come on, baby, let me know. Oh, getting hot. All right, brother. I'll see you next week. All right, later. Runway, style, fame, she likes gossip.